Are you ready to connect? This is the Empower Connection Podcast, where we empower our listeners to connect more fully to themselves, to each other, and to something greater. We do this with the help of myself and special guests, including healers, coaches, artists, seekers, and those on a healing journey of self-growth. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Empowered Connection Podcast. This is Damodar Cordua, relationship coach, life coach, yoga, and yoga wisdom teacher, and I am your host. And I'm always excited and very grateful to be here and grateful for some of your time. Please look out for October 17th as the start date for my new coaching immersion. This will be on Relationship Awareness and Empowerment 101 in real time on Zoom. So it's going to be a transformational journey wherein you will pick up so many beneficial tools within which to empower your relationship with your own self and your relationship with others. This is the type of stuff that we never got taught, right? Maybe we learned something from our family of origin. Maybe we didn't learn so much from our family of origin. Maybe we're more confused or a little, uh, you know, messing with relationships because of how our family of origin and maybe society impacted us. This is a way for you to gain more clarity, awareness, understanding, and ability to reach relational potential because relationships are the center of our life. Everything moves from our relational ability. In fact, Harvard put out a study. This is very famous now. Everybody talks about it. But they put out a study that showed that when our relationships are of high quality, they allow us to actually physically live healthier lives and live longer. And when they're not, we are more unhealthy physically and we actually die sooner. So that's just one way to see relationships really affect everything. Right. They're the, they're, they are the space from within which we move in this world. So if you're feeling like there's some stuck areas in your relational capability, if you're feeling like there's some areas that you can become more empowered by, if you're looking to go a little deeper into some of the patterns that you keep falling into and maybe decide consciously to reorient those patterns to create a better way, then look out for the training. It's going to be a weekly meetup happening October 17th for probably five to six weeks. Super excited. You'll get lots of handouts, um, like almost a whole textbook of great practices and tools. Otherwise, if you're ready to go deep right now, and you don't want to wait till then and you want some one-on-one attention, reach out for me for your first free coaching session. And if you enjoy this podcast, I always ask you humbly to share it and give us a five-star rating and a few words of encouragement because it allows us to reach more people. With no further ado, let's dive into today's podcast episode. Today's podcast episode is a solo podcast, and we're going to take a quick little dip into navigating and learning from our emotions. So I talk a lot about the subject on the podcast. I have some previous podcast episodes. In fact, episode three is a popular one, why you need to become emotionally intelligent. So if you listen to this episode and you want to go back, and this can be a nice corollary episode. So we're specifically going to deal with the emotion of anger. And uh, before I go into anger today, as a coach, mentor, and yoga teacher, it's my experience that our, we have a tendency, right, to label emotions good or bad, like the sort of dualism that we play in, in this world. And I see that as problematic. That's something like feeling anger or sadness is wrong, quote unquote, 
that shouldn't happen to me is symptomatic of our Western culture's fetishization with a one-sided world. A fetishization that puts forward that life can be completely happy, successful, pleasurable all the time, especially when we have certain things, right? Because of our society of consumerism and advertising. If you have this thing, if you look this way, then everything will be great all the time. And sadness, anger, grief, you shouldn't feel. Even though that's not said explicitly in our culture, I think that is implicitly stated throughout a lot of the myths that are perpetuated in our society, especially in the West. We see this blaringly in the cult of youth in the West, which basically is stating that old age is worthless, that growing older and all its powerful benefits human society has seen forever since the beginning of time, our elders, how empowering their presence are in our lives. It's something now that's undervalued. The same can be said in terms of our emotional experience. It's my belief that if we want to have a full life, a rich life, and a magical life of deep journey, we need to, we are being asked to go inside and learn more about our emotional experience, to hold space for our emotional experience, to be empowered by it, to break some patterns that this emotional experience might be showing us. So again, if we want to live a full life, a rich life, and a magical life of deep journey, we are being called forward to be with our experience, to be with these feelings, these emotions. Not only must we experience the seeming dualities of life, like happiness and sadness, or success and failure, calm and anger, but we are asked to show up for them, to be fully present, and to learn how to integrate them, not pathologize them, meaning making them seem like they're wrong over time and bring them in to the beautiful weave and weft of the tapestry of our life. I mean, we see this in great art. Great art um, doesn't just make us happy. You know, a lot of people talk about toxic positivity uh, as a cultural idea that's put forward in the West. If we look at art, we see that art allows us to feel the depths of sorrow, grief, sadness, anger, and joy, anxiety, even the full range of an emotional experience. And without learning to be with our experience, our emotions become labeled as negative and we miss out on being human. We miss out on a dance of this duality that we face, right? When I talked about these opposing, seemingly opposing emotions, but those opposing emotions like sadness and joy or calm and anger, that is actually sort of a construct. Pleasure, pain, life and death, joy and sadness are all doorways or opportunities to learn more about ourselves. One is not wrong. One is not better than the other. We might want to say, well, I want a happy life. But if we zoom out and we look back, we can see that the times of unhappiness might have brought us not necessarily to being happy again, but to a deeper space of richness inside of our own lived experience. So in a spiritual sense, these dualities or vicissitudes of emotions are opportunities to see that we are more, we are much more than just a passing emotion. They're gateways, anger, sadness, joy. If we can go through them, we can see into ourselves and see, I'm not just this emotion. I'm something deeper. What is that? There's a curiosity that's being begged of us there. And then the self-growth and relational sense, these emotional dualities or vicissitudes are opportunities for us to learn from our reactions, to go underneath these emotional experiences, hold space for our hurt or our joy, and space for our healing journey at the same time. They excavate information about our unconscious patterns, our desires, 
our deep-rooted responses, uh, the mythologies we live out in this body-mind, in this lifetime, and the possibility of more choice and empowerment. That, even though this emotion is fleeting and it's not essentially who I am, it is information, right? So in a spiritual sense, we are not our emotions, but at the same time, those emotions our information, even though they're fleeting, that can give us information to see more clearly the roadblocks I'm putting in the way of seeing myself as I truly am, which is whole, which is a, a spiritual being from my point of view. Rumi has this quote that I, I overuse, I over-requote, and it is this. Rumi is, a, is the mystical Sufi poet. Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. So when we can be with our emotional experiences, we can start to see, wow, this pattern of response might be blocking me from experiencing my birthright, which is love, which is self-love, which is deeply, vulnerably, powerfully loving others. So a question we could ask is, how is this emotion helping me experience love, connection with myself and others? This includes our joy and sadness, calm and anger, gratitude and resentment, and or how might it be blocking? How might it be a roadblock to that ability of love, experiencing love and connection? Our ability to be with gives us the space to suss this out. It's all information. It's all a signpost for what's next in our growth, in our self-realization. Taking this into mind, it's often shown that emotions like anger or sadness are pushed away. This is both in the macro and the micro. This is within our own selves and within society at large. We either don't think they are worthy, like they are wrong, or others have told us or shown us that they're wrong, or we feel that we're uncomfortable being with them. They challenge our patience with ourselves, our awareness of ourselves, and our ability to love ourselves, even when things aren't easy when things are uncomfortable. Anger, which we're going to talk a little bit more about the rest of this episode, especially anger for all people, for women, men, for non-binary folks, is seen as negative, right? I think generally anger is seen as negative. We, we don't want to be an angry person. We don't want to show our anger. It's seen as something wrong to express, something scary. We've come to think that anger is dangerous because throughout history, in our own family lineage, our own life maybe, anger either created separation through secret keeping, right? This is sort of like anger underneath being lived out sideways without consciousness, betrayal, hurt, or, and or violent and destructive, aggressive behavior. So a lot of us have experienced that in our lives. And, and even talking about it right now, it, you know, I feel slightly triggered. So maybe you want to take some time to be with yourself. And when I say those words um, around anger, for me, they triggered sometimes in my life when there was betrayal or I felt, I felt like there was. There was destructive behavior. There was violence and abuse if it was physical or mental, emotional. And this is a reason why anger is scary and why it's pathologized, meaning why it's often seen as just wrong and that we should solve it and stop it. But there is also healthy anger a way to be with and experience our anger in such a way that it doesn't have to look like any of these things I just mentioned. In fact, anger is as sacred and valid as any other emotion. What hurts us is not that we have anger, so get this, what hurts us is not that we have anger, even though we might perceive this as such, but what actually hurts us is that we do block it out. We block the anger out because we don't want to have it. And it comes out 
in sideways forms. So instead of being with the experience of anger, we try to block it out or it overtakes us and it comes out as aggression, as explosiveness, as hurt, as illness, and as loss of the self. So the first challenge for you is to learn with practice and help, maybe for myself as a coach, a counselor, a therapist, to be with your anger. Instead of demonizing it, become open and curious about it, soften to it, explore it, ask it slowly with self-love and a nervous system regulation. What is it showing you about yourself? What is it showing you about your people in your life, about your relationships, about the world, and about so much more? Anger is a gatekeeper, meaning we have to move through it. We can't push it aside or let it overwhelm us at the gate. To other vulnerable emotions that lie below the surface of ourself. And these other vulnerable emotions, also hard to talk about, also hard to not see as negative, are sadness, embarrassment, shame, anxiety, guilt, fear, insecurity. Well, these are all painful emotions at times. Each of these vulnerabilities can tell us something deeper about who we are. They're information. For example, fear can tell us when we need to be cautious or how attached we are to a thing or an outcome. Sadness can tell us if we need to give ourselves time to mourn, grieve, or go inward and process. Insecurity can reveal where we need to build self-trust. So these are just simple examples of how being with the emotions underneath of our anger, first seeing them in the first place, just holding space, oh, wow, that's there. I got some shame under that anger. I got some sadness under that anger. And then allowing ourselves to, so Sal, what is that emotion about? What is it showing me? Anger is also an internal signpost in a different way. It lets us know when a boundary has been crossed. Therefore, it is a crucial tool in establishing or reestablishing because boundaries are always something that are dynamic. You know, have a boundaries episode. So look back in the podcast. I, I don't remember the number of the episode right now, but I have a great boundaries episode, but they're all, they're dynamic boundaries. They're shifting. So anger allows us to see, okay, do I need to create a new boundary? Is a boundary being crossed? Do I have to modify things? When employed responsibly, our anger can fuel the fire. We need to take action toward realigning what we feel is right and true for us. But when anger owns us, instead of us allowing it to empower us, we become trapped in a brimming state of resentment, for example, and it can keep us stuck. Rather than pause to clearly establish better boundaries, for instance, instead, anger can simply trigger a violent emotion and a response when a boundary is crossed towards others or ourselves. Any of you out there feel like you have a, a boundary crossed and your way to cope is to get really angry and explosive and it just happens again and again right so instead of becoming a warrior in the sense of i'm going to own this boundary because the anger is showing me it's there i'm going to work this boundary instead we let the boundary be crossed let it be crossed and then we explode in anger thinking that will solve the situation but instead it usually makes the situation worse anybody there resonate with that <laughs> Feeling anger, having anger inside and reckoning with it does not make you any less spiritual. This is another thing. There's this idea in spiritual world life that anger is just wrong. You're not supposed to experience it. We can't simply bypass, spiritually bypass or erase our fucking emotional experience. <laughs> I mean, there's some souls maybe that have been born into this world through lifetimes of work, of self-work and spiritual growth that might have more mastery 
right? And this is what we're talking about, more awareness over their emotional states. But for many of us, we're not just going to like one day just say, well, I'm not angry anymore. If I do this um, for a week or a year, the spiritual practice, then my anger will be gone. That's pretty juvenile to, uh, to assume that that can happen. What we need to do is connect to our spiritual practice if we're in that type of lifestyle and build emotional intelligence because the two go hand in hand, just like any other emotion, love, sadness, joy, rage. They are all part of being human. They're part of the human experience in this planet of ours in this lifetime, in this body, in this mind. Rather, the question is how do we become empowered through the information that the emotion's giving us rather than enslaved by it? And so that's what a lot of spiritual traditions talk about is that we do become enslaved by emotions. So what I'm saying is that we're not trying to push them away or erase them, but we're trying to understand them better, build more skills around how to navigate them. So instead of our emotions enslaving us, they empower us to see ourselves as whole. And if it's a spiritual context to see ourselves as a soul. <sighs> All right. When we repress our emotions, we automatically cut ourselves off from our fullest expression. We stunt and limit our creativity, our life force energy, our passion, our wholeness, and our ability to evolve and connect deeply to others in our life. Emotional experience and awareness is the bedrock of intimacy with others. So this is an, a relational idea. So I'm sort of shifting into the relationship field. The more we can be with our emotions and learn about them, the more we can do so for others in our life, for children, for partners, for family members, for friends. So our life becomes an empowered connection, right? We can really connect deeper to ourselves and others. Anger is not the problem. Rather, it is human reactivity and a lack of ownership that create pain, our lack of ownership and our lack of uh, calling ourselves forward. You're calling yourself forward right now, listening to this podcast. Maybe you'll call yourself forward even more and book some coaching sessions or workshop or reach out to a professional. Embracing your own inner fire, witnessing anger in healthy ways, holding space for the information your anger is showing you and learning impulse control are vital to becoming integrated and whole. So you can rewind that and listen to that again. <clears throat> so a tip, we're going to start to move into your Empower Connection practice tools that will help you encourage, explore, and grow from your experience of anger or any emotion, but this we're going to deal specifically with anger, will be first to start diving in or dipping your toes into the process of regulating your nervous system in the moment. We talk a lot about this in episode on emotional intelligence and awareness that I talked about earlier, but this is the practice of just creating a little bit more space between stimulus and reaction, a little bit more space in your body and your nervous system so that you can see and feel this emotion, hold space for it without it overtaking you and without you pushing it away and shunning it, putting it under a rug. And the way that we can do this, and this is like, really, if you just build up uh, 30 seconds of this, that's pretty powerful and then build to a minute a minute and a half, two minutes. And it could start with just closing your eyes, deepening your breath, or both. Exploring, and I teach this to my clients. So if you want to go deeper in, reach out for a call, but start to explore how you can be with your body and nervous system and create more spaciousness there in the moment of trigger or reaction. Spaciousness in your mind and how you can be with this experience instead of run from it or let it overwhelm you. We are masters at distraction in the society. When we don't want to feel something, we have so many ways to distract ourselves from experiencing it. This is a practice of presence. 
So once you gain more mastery at this step, the next invitation is to ask yourself these questions specifically about your experience of anger. Okay, so come back to this. I'm going to ask you to practice this this week, this month, this year, this lifetime. Okay, once we have space to be with this experience of anger, we will ask ourselves on a scale of one to 10, how intensely is this anger affecting me? Where am I feeling anger in my body? What are the sensations behind this emotion? What are the thoughts or stories or other emotions underneath or behind my anger? And what are those emotions, thoughts, stories showing me? So we're now like peeling back the layers here. What do I need to feel safe, seen, supported, and respected right now in this situation where my anger is coming up? Because those things might be being compromised. Safety, being seen, supported, and respected. Do I actually need to protect myself right now, right? Like fight, flight, freeze in that sort of trauma response? Or am I just very activated and I'm actually okay? Things are okay. What's the difference? What doesn't feel okay for me in this situation? If I'm angry at someone else, angry at an event, angry at myself. Do I need to remove my energy from this person or situation? What boundaries do I need to create or recreate here? Am I holding back my truth here? Am I betraying myself or compromising myself and my boundaries? Often anger rises up when we self-betray. That's in relationship or within our own self. Is this situation or conflict familiar to a situation in my past? It's so important to ask this question. And this could be challenging. This could be edgy. Is it bringing up a pattern that feels familiar? from earlier in my life and my journey, maybe with parents or caregivers or when I was a kid or high school or previous relationship. And finally, for now, is it time to explore the tenderness and vulnerability under my anger? So if you can start to create space to entertain these questions, you will be on the road to more self-discovery, awareness, and empowerment. Just that, holding space for the emotional experience and moving through these questions over time. Some of what you find may be challenging. Take your time with it. Try to give yourself some slowness in your life. I know it's hard in our busy lives, but take your time with it. Journal, reflect, share with a trusted loved one or community, or if you're in a circle, if you do circling work, or reach out to a professional such as myself, or someone else, someone who can give you more guidance, tools, and safety, a safe, sacred container along this journey. Check out the show notes if you would like to book your first session. It's a free discovery session. If some of this seems like work that you want to go deeper into, that you're ready to take responsibility for and gain some more resource to empower this part of yourself and really all parts of yourself. So they can see your true potential and see what's possible when otherwise we might be blinded by our emotional reactions or the patterns that we keep getting stuck in. It's my goal and the goal of this podcast to help you connect better to yourself, to help you connect better to others, and to help you connect to a greater potential, to something greater, to something bigger. So thanks for listening. As always, see you in the next episode. Peace.